a slow meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. With Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Ribich. And I'm your bear host, Josh Kerr. Today, we're sitting and kicking it with the first Tokyo Olympic medalist of Team GB, the track and field camp. She blew up last year with the wins at the British Championships, Diamond League final, and ultimately her Olympic silver medal in the 800. I know what you're thinking. It was a big guess for you guys. You know, I wonder, you know, how how easy it was to get get her on you know it was pretty difficult you know even even as i'm reading this i'm gonna i'm gonna change this slightly and say it was even more difficult than when i was writing this an hour ago um but was it my fault maybe some of it well it is of course keely hodgkinson how's it going hello i'm good thank you how are you guys yeah good good yeah just uh excited to get this episode going keely i actually I, I'm not offended that you don't know how we know each other. I don't know who you are. Um, so I don't know anything about you. Um, like, I don't know. What's your favorite animal? What's your favorite color? I don't know where where to go from here. Well, I don't have a favorite animal. So that's a start. Nice. Hey, these are the worst questions of all time. This isn't a, a really crappy date when you're 16 years old. So let's get Fair on enough. to some real. All right, Josh, go ahead, jo- go ahead and take it, Josh. And I'll just so, sit back and relax. Uh, and so you're obviously back in the UK after, after that stint in sunny South Africa. How was it? Yeah, um, South Africa was all right. I actually got injured in the first week, so oh. that wasn't really too great. But um, we've turned it around, and I've come back, and I'm racing this weekend. So it went better than it started, we'll say. Yeah, that's great. What? Um, why are you guys going to South Africa? Just for the weather stuff, or is that, is that something you guys have done multiple years now? Because I know you're you're working under Trevor and, and Jenny, right? Yeah, I think they, well, they've been there for like the last 10 years. So they were like, I've been trying to get there. This is the third time I've tried to get there because COVID kept getting cancelled. Um, but I've just bought a place out there. So I guess I'll be going there for the next 15 wow. years of my life. That's pretty cool. What, is there yeah. like a specific, it's like Poch, isn't it? It's in Poch. Yeah, Poch is from, it's like the Lufra of South Africa. It's, it's interesting. It's like, um, I call Eugene the Lufra of America. That's mm. fair. So I call I call Flagstaff the LA of the US. LA of the US? Yeah. Or, or of the running world, sorry. LA of the running world. Okay. I was yeah, gonna say it's all, LA it's all of the US. There is an LA. It's all flash and no uh, content, you see. Fair enough. It's like good. I've never been. No. Oh. No, nah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're, we're we're in Albuquerque. We we train mostly of Albuquerque through, you know, we do a, a stint in January and then we do a stint kind of April through the the kind of home championship. So you know, and I've lived here for like six, seven years. So I, I've got a, I have a slight bias. Really? This, yeah. It's nice that you know a lot about me, Keely. It's really nice. Well, we've known each other for so long. <laughs> Done a bunch of research before this massive podcast, but that's fine. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, so you're talking about, so you've got this race coming up. So that's the Mueller um, Grand Prix. Is, are we going uh-huh. 800 there? Is that what you're doing? Yes, we are. Big 800. Is there, what's the field like? I haven't seen the field yet. Is it good? Um. Yeah, it's pretty good. Same girls kind of find diamond rings, really. There's the Jamaican, the Toya Ghoul, Australia girl, the Catriona. I think Adele's running in it. Oh, nice. Um, I love her new album's good, too. <laughs> Dave, Dave, switch on, mate. I was such a dad joke. Oh, sorry. Dave is a dad. I'm, I have a puppy, <laughs> not a child. Um. Anyway, yeah, so... Um, I'm actually really excited for you to have you on, Killy, because Josh always talks about his Olympic bronze. I'm British almost record holder, whereas you are a British record holder and you're a silver medalist. So it's like one of those cool things for me because it's like finally Josh isn't the big kahuna on the call. So um, I really want to talk to you about we're going to kind of go back. And I know this is probably something that you've ran through in a couple interviews um, before, before our fans and our listeners and um, people that wanting to know more about your Olympic buildup and kind of that whole rise in the last like two years, you've obviously had major success in the past um, with medals at age group level, whether it's like Europeans or U twenties, but this is a big jump from age group to seniors. How did you make that transition almost seamlessly from winning gold medals at Europeans and uh, you won the indoor European championship. And then that just propelled you into Tokyo. So how was that transition so easy or looked so easy? Um, to be honest, I have no idea. 
I was just sort of going with it really. I think I changed coaches back in 2019, which was just after I got bronze at the European Juniors. Um, and I think it just kind of opened up this whole new like stimulus of like proper 800 training and it just really suited me the training. And then I just kind of went from stem to stem. But I think the big jump, so I think in 2020, I could have run faster than I did. So mm-hmm. by the time I was 2021, when I think I could have run 159 in 2020, I've then gone from 201 to 155. So it just looks absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I didn't get what I wanted out of myself in 2020. So, but yeah, I was just kind of having fun really. I like being an underdog and like racing people better than me and seeing what I can do against them. Um, so it was a fun year and I just sort of went with it really. There's no adapting. It just sort of happened. Nice. Well, obviously you started, started the year with the, the Euro Indoor Gold. Was that something mm-hmm. that was a surprise to you or was that just like, you know, you feel like that was kind of where you're at in your training and then from there, it just kind of, the ball was rolling? Yeah, I think going into the champs near the time I was one in gold, but then if you'd have said to me, like four months before, oh, you're going to win the European Indoors, I'd have like, been like, no, I'm not. But and then I think when I went and ran the 159 in Vienna and broke two for the first time, that sort of like, really got my confidence up and then it was all about just like building into that really um so yeah literally I don't even know what happened it just happened that's cool I mean the, r- the rhythm of racing and the with- rhythm of winning I feel like is contagious like once you get that little feel of success you're like okay let's do it again let's do it again let's do it even bigger let's do it even better um so mm-hmm. what was like with all those things almost like you were building and building for like this massive breakthrough again at the Olympic Games like what was your mentality going into that because like, did you set any goals or expectations? Because I did see an article saying, like, why not win a medal? Um, I think it was probably after I won the British trials, because even after the European doors, my aims were still like, oh, we'll just try and make the team because, you know, we've still got a lot of really good girls in our, in our country. You've got Gemma, Laura, Alex, who we all at the same time going into the trials. So my focus was to try and win that. And then once I'd done that, I was up there with the best in the world. So there was no reason for me to put a limit on that in Tokyo and just see what happened, really. Then as it got closer and I sort of knew from training what kind of shape I was in, I was like, a medal is definitely very much possible. So I just need to go and execute that. Yeah, I mean, you're saying, like, obviously you're talking about, you know, the massive competition in women's 800. A lot of people talk about, you know, the men's 1500 in the UK, but I've got to say that the women's 800 in the UK is got to be able to match pretty much any country in the world. Um, so if you guys were to put together like a four by eight, do you think mm. do you think you would take a, a win at like a world relays? And, you know, the women don't beef as much as the men on social media, so you don't really hear <laughs> about it as much. But, you know, I would love to, I'd love for you to start some beef like against like Raven or something. Like, look, come on, let's do something about it. I definitely think it'd be really cool to do. I, I think it would be, and I've I had this discussion with so many people like, who would you run where? Because, I think I'd know how I'd run my American team and I think I know how I'd run the GB team, but I actually still don't know who would win mm-hmm. because it's so close. You have, P- everyone's got the same PBs. So it's just mm-hmm. crazy. But I back, I back the GB girls. I don't know yeah. Why. yeah. We're just scrappier. You see, we're just tougher, like a hundred percent. Who is in your UK and who's in your US team? Just to clarify for, for people. Um, in the UK right now, I'd probably go, Gemma, Laura, Alex, and myself. And in the US, um, Raven, I think, Kate Grace, and probably AJ Wilson. I feel like Kate is a massive sleeper pick. I mean, like, she didn't make the team, obviously, because only three can go. But then when Kate went on that tear after the Olympic trials in the U.S., Mm. she just absolutely proved her worth at the world, like, competitive level. And, like, she's always been around. I mean, she made the team in 2016. She was a contender in 2012. She's just a name that's always been there. And I feel like people forget about her, forget about her when, like, rising stars come up on the U.S. circuit. But Kate Grace is has so many scalps under her under her hands for just like how many races she's won, how many PR she's set. Like I feel like Kate Grace is actually one of the biggest advantages for the US in my defense. Um yeah, she's very group. consistent as well. So, super consistent. Yeah. Like, she's consistent. like 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. Like you can always count on that. And that's a good exactly. thing to have in a four by eight. Exactly. She's she's a good athlete. I think I think if you put her out first, she'd be in a good spot. But you never—it's difficult to know because I, I don't really watched a bunch of relays for like four by four by a mile, so I don't know the best way to run those. I I wouldn't know either. Yeah, absolutely no chance. But um, absolutely no clue. The so so we're talking a little bit about the U.S. stuff, and I know that 
you know, as you know, you're a bit younger when you were coming into, you know, your success already. Was there ever any kind of universities in the US that were like emailing you, messaging you? And was there any hard decisions around that versus being, you know, um, signing with Nike? Um, I think I probably got in touch with US colleges when I was because they start talking to you like English schools and stuff, don't they? So I was like 14. That's quite young. Like I was not going to college until 18. Yeah. Um, but I think they're trying to like plant the seed by writing nice and early. Um, and I did look at Oklahoma State, but then I, I've always wanted to go to LA. So I was just looking at LA because it's LA. Um, but that was it really. I think for me, I had everything I needed in the UK. There wasn't really a need for me to go away. Although I quite like the idea of being abroad, like I don't really get homesick. Um, I have everything I need here in really sunny, warm Wigan. <laughs> Wigan was it so you said that you went through a coach change um in in the past couple of years was was that ever because obviously you're still young now and you know when people go to the US you're normally 18 17 18 and so was that ever again like a UCLA or something like that where you're like well maybe like obviously you've had some success and had the times to show that you could probably go to any of those universities it wasn't you know I'm not gonna lie I didn't really look at US that much um, plus, you do always hear these little horror stories as well. Like, it works for some people, it doesn't for others. And for me, it was kind of like, I don't really need to take that risk when I, I've got Trevor right now and everything's going well. Um, so I decided to stay stay here. But there's definitely some great opportunities. Like, a girl in my training group is actually out there in Oklahoma State now, and she absolutely loves it. Like, I don't think she's coming home ever. So, yeah, it just depends who you are, I think. Is there some, like, gripe there when, like, a British athlete goes to the U.S. from, like, an athlete perspective? Because Josh is, like, he's never going home either. Like, he's, he's buying a home. He's, he's chilling in the U.K. or chilling in the U.S. He's, he's wanting to stay over here. From, like, a U.K. perspective, is there some, like, lack of pride in those athletes that just stay and never come home? Or are they still welcome in open arms? No, I'd say they're still welcome, I think. Because we, we have yeah. a lot of U.S based athletes on the British team I think don't we like I know Jody's out there now and a lot of the sprinters have gone out there for a while so yeah I'd say they're all from the bottom I think would that's a good say, answer would you say there's a difference Dave and <laughs> I have this conversation a lot with the team and we had this conversation before Dave is that just because you spend the majority of the time in the US doesn't mean that you're like based out of there I can say I'm based out of the UK and coming on you know nine month training camps that's pretty much what people in the UK do all year round anyway watching the distance like British athletics distance stuff where they're like, okay, we're going to go to font and then we're going to go to Poch and then we're going to go to flag. And it's like, well, why don't you just go and live at altitude and then just go home for a bit? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand why people are like going on camp for about nine months of the year and then pretend that they're from the UK anyway. Dave, you never got recruited to the UK universities. Yeah, you know, and UK universities never reached out to me. I barely had no. um, the opportunity to talk to you. That's not a thing, is it? <laughs> they no. don't do that, do they? No, Josh was going for an easy roast there. Um, but yeah, so you're, uh, this has nothing to do with our script at all, but for unis, like, do you still compete under unis? Isn't that what it's called? It's not Jake's. You sound horrible saying unis, mate. Unis? unis. You still compete unis. at unis? Um, well, I'm technically on a gap year right now, so I'm still a student, but I've not been to university but um it works different over here so like I could still go to uni and still be a pro athlete at the same time I think you know that but in the US you can't do that right you can't go to yeah because it's amateur sports yeah there's like some weird NLI stuff now with like you're able to sign partnerships and things like that but yeah you can't technically profit from your likeness or your image or crazy performance or, yeah it's it's nuts but it, i think it's going to change with the whole nli stuff because there's like a soccer player that signed with a company then also signed with like ucla you're so. allowed yeah you're allowed to sign with a company now and <laughs> you're just not allowed to wear that company's stuff if you're competing for the university so like if you know uh, oh, wow. university of new mexico is sponsored by nike and you do a deal with brooks um you can wear brooks the whole time until you're competing pretty much and so like on social media but they're gonna stuff. want you competing in it though aren't they really yeah exactly so mm -hmm. the deals aren't like massive yeah. or anything kind of worth noting at this point to be honest but i mean they were they were dealing with problems with like they were telling people to shut down their youtube channels and all sorts in the ncaa because they were making money off it because they were just like showing like the day in the life and all this stuff mm -hmm. and but I just don't really know where it stops because then, like, are you allowed any social medias? I guess that one's the only one you can yeah. really make money off without doing anything. But still, I think it's, yeah. It's That's a crazy. mess. 
the corporate yeah, at America. least they pay for your they pay i mean in the NCAA, they obviously pay for your university if you're on on full yeah scholarship. at least you get that they do yeah oh dave do you know what division <laughs> two is keely um i know there's division one division two um yeah big fan of division two perfect see she knows what division two is that's all she, that's all he has yeah dave was dave's a legend in division two <laughs> Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't get. Like, do you compete in different? Like, if there's Division One, do you go against like D One schools, and then Division Two, you go against? Yeah. So a brief Division history lesson schools. on Josh and I is we raced one time in college, um, and it was at like a, a meet where Josh set the NCAA record that's now been absolutely smashed. Mine's still standing as a Division Two record because I was a better athlete. Um, but Josh and I competed in only one race uh, in the year. And then we would just like divvy out and he'd go compete in his NCAA division one championships and, and conference championships. And I would go out to my conference championships and my division two um, championships and how that separated in the NCAA is essentially funding university size and just like division three can offer zero athletic scholarship, only academic scholarship. And so it's like this super, super weird um, system that I probably am not even doing a great job explaining, but University of Oregon, um, like UCLA, New Mexico, those are all Division One schools, and then like Division Two schools have names like Black Hill State, Western <laughs> Oregon. Like there's obviously smaller schools that nobody knows about. <laughs> yeah, so it's great, but I'm not judging the names because I'm not judging you guys when you're like I'm working out in Leeds, I'm going up to Wellingford. <laughs> you know, it sounds a bit. <laughs> from me um but we can we can just kind of stay on the present here um do you know where leeds is do you yeah, know do you know where leeds is leeds is right next to follows i believe oh stop it dave these they, i mean these are going down horribly I, to be honest I i'm it. not sure i even know where leeds is um leeds we'll is you know where manchester is right yep manchester is on one yeah, side dave, of the country you don't know where manchester. so okay so london is let's say like this is um what's this my health insurance card. This is London right here, right? Uh, Manchester's like on up the, here. Uh, if you flip it the other way around, yeah, there we go. So like, yeah, London I know what it is. Like it's yeah. Manchester. Okay, so it's like if this was if this was the UK, Scotland's up here. They have their <laughs> fence across their land, so it's like separated. Uh -huh. yeah, but then down the here is London, <laughs> and and then you got Birmingham, right? You got the cut, you know. You got Peaky Blinders. And then you can continue, continue up across to the northwest. You have Manchester, just a little bit to the west, but north. You've, you've brought your map up, haven't you? There's a I, map I, on your screen. I will right flip now. my screen, and it will be no map. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, Why do Leeds I know this? is on the other side to Manchester. Okay, on the east side or west side? The northeast. Northeast side. Okay, great. See, Josh, any go. more lessons you need? Uh, you haven't been no, in the UK actually, in some time. Yeah, well, let's get let's continue with the the proper chat, not the geography lesson on this podcast. Oh, here's my mother. Hello. Hello. Oh, she can't hear us because you got headphones in. But mm. thanks, we mother. Said hello. Just said hi. Hello. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so, obviously, last year you you started off, you know, hitting the Diamond League circuit. You obviously ran quite a few of those. Is that going to be a similar situation this year? Yeah, um, although the Brits have got so many champs, I don't think we're really going to get that much time to run some Diamond Leagues, but yeah, I always laugh about Diamond Leagues because I literally didn't run that well in any of them, apart from the one that mattered, and that just was the last one. Like, I literally haven't won any other one apart from that, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty but good. I mean, so now you've got you've got the auto for Worlds now because you won that, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. You sound confused by that. I would be like loving I, I, I forget. <laughs> I like, that oh, must be yeah. nice for all the, you know, because obviously the A hundred is so difficult. It's such a difficult team to make. It must be nice for all the other girls to be like, okay, like that works. Are you? It'd be um, good to get four. It would. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty cool. If you can put four in the final at Worlds. Well, I mean, if you look at Tokyo, I mean, the UK, I would be curious to know the statistics on it. The UK put three in the men's fifteen hundred, and they had three in the women's eight hundred. U.S. didn't do that in either event, and so it's like when we're talking middle distance the strength, US like terrible. I know. Well, we're talking U.S. When, when you think about how big the U.S. is and how much money and how much athletes traffic through the U.S. and then how many athletes are through the U.K. Like U.K. is putting on shows in the recent championships in comparison to the U.S. You're not really standing up for your country here, Dave. You know, I, I have a lot of gripe. USATF doesn't even follow me on Instagram, so I don't even exist to this program. So <laughs> oh, I might as well change the creation. But um, to to be honest, like. How does how does having the world qualifier, even though it, it shocks you even when I said it right there, how does that change kind of your season? Are you going to run 
you're going to stay in the eight? Are you even, are you going to do a Laura and run the 15 at trials or the four oh. at trials? What, what are your thoughts? I, I definitely am not doing any 1500s anytime soon. Um, but yeah, me and my coach, I've talked about that actually, um, that I don't have to actually run the 800, which is in a way quite nice. I don't have to panic about getting it right. I can just chill. So um, I'm actually thinking potentially I might go in the 400. And because um, I do have aspirations of making the 4 by 4 team, obviously I need to get quicker. Um, and it, we have a very strong... Something? 52. 5261. Oh, well done. I think so. 5261. I think it's 5226, something. Yeah. 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 I have Wikipedia. These aren't aren't things off the top of my head. I just do research. I'm swear (laughs) I'm not that weirdo that's at the track. I'm like, she's around 52.61. Yep. No, I didn't. But I need like a 51 low to even make that team. But um, I think trying to get fast. I'm trying to get fast in my fours anyway. So it'd be a nice test to go against some of the, the good British girls we've got at the 400. Because we were really strong last year. Um, like Jody now running like 49. And like Hannah and Amma and some of the other girls are running 51. So um I might do that instead. It's a pretty that's a pretty fun idea. Is it is it have you done block stars before? Is that something that you're gonna be learning right now? Well, I did I did a block start on my 52 one and he taught me literally two days before the race. I was like shitting myself. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. But no, they're all right. They're a bit weak. I asked yeah. the sprinters about it and they're just like, you just look a bit weak. Like, yeah. Okay. That's tough. That's why you spend about nine, 90 minutes to two hours in the gym on a Wednesday night. That's the in Leeds. Uh-huh. That's the big, that's the big plans. I understand. You see a lot of 800 meter athletes being able to transition up and run 1500 meters. Um, and I would say like rarely as of, but until late, you see athletes going down from 800 to 400, like um, your direct competitor, I think Mo, she, did 400 meters all through the NCAA system and then came out and ran 800 only at the Olympic trials and then ran it at Tokyo. Um, do you find that strength comes naturally through the eight for you and you need to work on that speed element? Or do you think that like you can push yourself through into a 15 to be better at the eight? Like which one do you actually feel as though is going to be like that end all? Um, well, my coach keeps telling me that I'm going to be a 1500 meter runner, which I don't like. Classic. Um, but I do probably think my talent probably lies with the 1500 as in like my natural endurance is quite good and but I think right now I'm very much eight but mm-hmm. I'm trying to be like four eight because I think the my endurance there's not really much you can always improve endurance but I think as you get older speed is a bit more harder to do mm-hmm. um so I think whilst we're young we're just trying to work on the four and see what that accumulates to today because like you say I think she can run 49 yeah and that's her going through the bell in 55 because she can run 49 is going to feel like a piece of piss you know you know it make it does make sense um so it's about that and then also just kind of dealing with lactic because it's always just painful 800 isn't it yeah the, um, so are you are you ultimately saying that you're scared to be good at the 15 yet because that means you <laughs> have to run more of them that's what you're saying because mm, i think yeah. i think you know if your coach thinks you're gonna be good at it trevor's obviously knows what he's talking about and uh yeah i mean that's the thing is like the 15 is just you might have to be better at the 5k and then that's just a big ass jump and so i I don't know i don't want to be running 5ks that's so long yeah no that's pretty bad that's dave's event yeah because i'm not quick enough over four or eight to do any damage there so i have to just keep going up and hope and pray that god will be on my side in the longer events but um we can go ahead and transition too because Kili, obviously, this is the first time that we've ever chatted. Uh, I'm sure you just look at Josh and, and think he smells because he's Scottish. But overall, um, we wanted this to be an opportunity for you to kind of. We we made a good game. It's called host or hoax, and usually Josh makes the game. But I know Josh worked really really hard to get you on, and um, just for my peace of mind, did Josh communicate with you as much as he told me he communicated with you over the past few months to get you on the podcast, or was that all a big, was that the big hoax of it all? No, we communicated. Okay. Good. We did communicate, but I was in pot and then the, the time difference mm-hmm. was just mad. Yeah. The time um, difference is crazy. Yeah. So it ended up just being a really big hassle. So we just waited till I got back. Perfect. Well, but I'd say, when, when did you message me? Maybe like what, early January? No. 
Yeah. I mean, either, either that's a good, good enough answer for me because Josh said like, I'm working on getting Keely on the show. Don't worry. I'm working on getting her on. So as long as there's some truth in there, I can live with that. December 30th. That's pretty solid. January. Um, (laughs) That's January. Um, But our game today, Josh usually makes the games. I made the game. It's called Hoster Hoax. So how this is going to work is Josh and I are going to alternate back and forth. We're going to read out a little bit of a monologue. You're going to need to decide if it's something that a host did or it's a flat out lie and it's just a hoax. Now, if you think it's something that the host did, then you need to choose which host did this act. Does that make sense? Just like that game, like two truths and a lie. Essentially, but it's either. Yeah, exactly. It is is very close to two truths and a lie, but this is either just straight up truth or lie. Okay, so I'll start with the first one and then you will decide. And if we laugh at these, it's because they're all just funny and we're hilarious. At least we think. So I've got to decide who's who's done it. So you will first decide if it's a host or a hoax. And if it's a host, then you decide which one of us did it. Right. Okay. All right. So here we go. Here's the first one. This is a bit of a longer one just to kind of set the scene. Okay. (laughs) All right. This host one time asked out a girl on the beach. She said no. The host then pulled seashells from his pocket and dumped them on the sand. The girl asked, what are those? He said nothing. In reality, those seashells were going to be a one-year anniversary present. All right, host or hoax? Hoax, surely. Hoax? Yeah. No, that was was a host. That was me. (laughs) With his missus right now. Yeah, now I'm dating dating him. So it works. Five six years? years, six years. Yeah. Wait, but you, so you asked you asked her out, but I was confused with the one year anniversary. But you just asked her out. Oh, I asked her out, and she said no. And then a couple months later, she asked me out, and I was like, no. But then I said yes. <laughs> so I asked her out oh. for the first time, and she said no. And then sometime later, we started dating. Yeah, they my heart swears and dying. You see. Yeah. See, we, we make it tricky. Um, but Josh, you want to go ahead and read the next one? Okay, this host uh, was walking in NYC when a man came up to him and asked for money. The host only had card on them, but did have a new pair of white Addiction Walker 2 Brooks shoes. Instead, the host took off his shoes, gave them to the man, and walked barefoot to the hotel. Um, Okay, I'm going to say host. Okay, which one? You, David. Me? That is a hoax. Oh, I was thinking, who the hell is going to walk barefoot? <laughs> I, I, the thing is, when Dave wrote it, I thought it was, I thought it was Dave, because obviously I didn't, I knew it wasn't me. But you know, that, that's that's yeah. I, I mean, that Dave, I could see you do nice that. To do. I, I, I would do that. that. I mean, if I was going to carry seashells for a year, I'd at least give my shoes away to a homeless man. Um, <laughs> that's true. But but I want to say too, Keely, don't feel bad about doing this well or bad because Josh was like zero for five on Scottish trivia at one point. So like this is this is okay. This is a tough game. Um, so okay. you're zero for two. No pressure. We're going into the third one. This host romant this host romantically peed in a cup to not disturb his girlfriend while said girlfriend was taking an exam. I thought it was a romantic gesture. Said host, it was not taken that way. Thank God I didn't need to dump said host i'm gonna say host i'm gonna say josh yeah well, well, why would you think that was me i don't know me laughing at it so much it's a it's a british boy thing to do that yeah i, I know they doesn't have the personality for that kind of behavior Very americans bad. don't like it i guess you know it just it seemed like a good thing to do at the time it felt romantic i didn't want to distract her from her exam and you know, that's, that's the just court. the way it goes. Okay, this is a short one. <laughs> this host threw a tennis ball in the road. <laughs> okay. Wait a second. Um, this host threw a tennis ball in the road and watched their puppy get hit by a truck. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say host, and I'm going to say David. Yep. R.I.P. <gasps> R.I.P. My, my dog when I was... First day of junior high, um, was playing tennis, hit the ball with the tennis racket, saw the ball bounce on the road, saw the truck hit my dog. He died. So how old were you in junior? I was 12, 12. Yeah, it was tough. My childhood was rough. That was one of them. RIP Akaya, Japanese for strong warrior, strong warrior. So 
All not right. Strong enough. It's not strong enough. Could not take on a white Ram F-150. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> um, okay. Nice. You're two for two now. You're, you're coming back. This host captained his school's general knowledge club for two years. The reason he was voted captain was because there were two teams and only two people were in the club. Hoax. Josh? That was me. Stop. Look, no, stop, no, listen. I was, I, my time in school, I was just trying to get better, you see. So you went to school here, right? Yeah. And there was a general knowledge team. Yeah, well, I kind of made it. But like it was like a team, but no one was in it. And then the teacher. Did you go teacher, to private school? Huh? Did you go to a private school? Can you not tell? It says it all. Yeah. What do you mean Wait, what's, the, what's, the name of, what's the name of your private school, Josh? Uh, George Watson's College. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I didn't think this was part of the. I didn't realize this was going to be part of the story. But I guess, yeah. I mean, I was. I was a good captain. I feel like I've learned a lot from those years. Oh. I'm glad. <laughs> Can we get a general knowledge fact? Like, I don't even know what qualifies as being a general knowledge captain. Just, and, like, have you ever watched some sort of game show or anything like, like The Chase or? <laughs> um, no? Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much what it was. All right, Josh. But it, there's only two of you. Yeah, but we were going one on one, weren't we? It was just like the, 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 the woman, the teacher was like, read out a question and then we'd have buzzers in front of us. And then we'd buzz in. Anyway, we're getting off topic. So much fun. So much fun. miserable, Josh. Did you have friends? (laughs) At least one. Right. Um, This host recently bought or brought home a cat from the shelter only to find out their partner is allergic to cats, had to return the animal the same day. Skipper the cat was going to a better home. So the host thought. Hmm. Host. David. That's a hoax. No, oh, damn. All right, like, last one. A dude. cat. Yeah, cats yeah. suck. Cats suck. Cats are not it. Yeah, I agree with that. Perfect. David's got a very cute dog. So I do have a very cute dog. He just got neutered Monday, so he's living. Oh, good information that I didn't ask for. No, that's great. Appreciate it. All right, Josh, we're gonna keep going. I'm not here. a dog person. You're right, not. Well, you're not a dog or a cat person. It's funny, Josh, I'm not really a Keeley person, so it's, it's, it works out. Okay, so the last question, host or hoax question, which host is the better host, Josh or David? Do I have to answer this? You can say it's a hoax. You could say it's a hoax, and that's too oh, bad, and we can move um, on. I'll say David's the better host. Take that, Josh. Sign me up. You evidently needed it, considering you wrote these, right? Yeah, I, I knew you wrote these up. Uh, I need to be the employee of the month this month as well. Um, but Josh, should we go ahead and do some form of spin the wheel and then transition to the banterable? That sounds great. All right. So Josh, wanted to, ooh, do you want to explain, Josh, the dilemma that you're currently in financially for this episode? Uh, yeah. So we'll talk about the fact. So during this season, so we've done how many episodes now? Three in this season. <laughs> so what we want to start doing is paying the guests. So because we always kind of talk about you know, giving um, giving the athletes a bit more power in the sport and always getting paid for the time. And so we thought it'd be a good idea to start paying for the hosts, uh, for paying for the host. Maybe we should pay for the host and not the guest. Uh, paying for the guests. And so we thought a fun idea would be to, to write this wheel. And we've got lots of different um, amounts on this wheel and whatever it lands on, we'll pay you through whatever it is. You don't have them on the UK, so it'd be like PayPal or something. And so we got did that. Up. Huh? Cash up. Cash up. Cash, Cash up. up me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big ad. Big ad guy. <laughs> um, and so what happened last time, we had Chris O'Hare on for, you know, his um, retirement kind of podcast. And it only landed on like 50 bucks. And he said he was he doesn't want $50 from us because he, I don't know, he's been like a big brother to me for a long time. So he felt we were taking money off us. Anyway, he said he's going to pass that to the next guest. You are the next guest. And then he said to me, that if I didn't win Moros, whatever the amount that is going to be on here right now, I have to match and also give it to you. So this sucks for us big time. I mean, I'm and, showing, uh, the yeah, the money in the bank account for sit and kick is already out of my account. So I'm not really losing money here. But to just kind of add emphasis on this, we had Cole Hawker, Cooper Tier, and Charlie Hunter on, and they cashed out $750 in total. 
uh, Cooper roll or spun the wheel and he got five hundred dollars. There's That's one a new bag. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so Max, you can get right now with everything. Oh God, if she lands on five hundred, you technically get a thousand and fifty. But you know, we might have to have a conversation with that afterwards. So whatever it lands on, you get double that plus fifty bucks because of the terrible circumstance of me somehow not winning Milrose. And you agree to that? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, no. I admire you really. Always, yourself, always so bet on that. yourself. Yeah, always bet mm. on yourself. All right. So, so just to yeah. run through the numbers, we have fifty dollars, seventy-five, one fifty, five hundred. So five hundred is split between two, and we didn't ever think it would land on five hundred, but it immediately did with Cooper Tier. And then on the other side, it says post us on your Instagram or on your story. So give us a little love. Fifty dollars, and then we go two hundred dollars. 125 $75 spin again for next guest bonus. So if you land on this, you'll spin again for your own amount, but this will then get passed on to the next guest. If that makes okay. sense. Back to 125 50. All right. So do you want me to do a practice spin or do you want to just, no, just go for it? Don't practice. No, no, just go for it. <laughs> just go for it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to really put some force into this, <laughs> add some dramatic effect. Josh, can I get a drum roll while I'm spinning? Uh, I can add that into the edit, yeah. Oh, well, big edit guy. Okay, I'm so nervous. Spin oh, again. I, that's just my look. Spin again for next guest bonus. What does that mean? All right, so spin again for next guest bonus. So we need to clarify, Josh, what this means. But to so my just under- spin it, and then whatever the next guest gets, it, whatever it lands on is what the next guest and Keely gets. Okay. So this is now this is your. So you can't roll this one again. Well, it's fine. Okay, that's not right. Okay, this is now your amount. Fifty dollars, not five hundred. So you're making one fifty. One fifty. I'll take that. Okay, one fifty, and I don't know what the pounds. So U.S. dollars to pounds, you'll probably make a little bit more. Uh, than that. it's like. It's, it's like 100, it's less, it's 120, yeah. I think. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That sounds good to us. Um, but that is also then going to be a bonus that somebody else gets on the next episode. Um, but yes, so Keely, again, yeah, thank you. We're going to go into the banter bowl now and then we're going to transition out. So okay. Josh, do you want to explain what the banter bowl is since both you guys are British and love the word banter? <laughs> what are you drinking, Dave? It's very, it's very it 2016 now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's when we started this podcast, kind of maybe four years later. So, yeah, the banner ball is just um, we, we we pretty much put a post up on our story and just let people to f- fire some stuff in there. We added some stuff mm-hmm. in here as well um, and kind of reworded some things. But it's just to kind of finish on a bit of a high note, a bit of fun and definitely questions that you probably wouldn't get asked in any other kind of running type um, interview or like post race stuff. So, Dave, do you want to start mm-hmm. off? Yeah, I don't know why you want me to start this. Is it because you think, okay, you have to fight a host. Which one are you fighting and who, who are you going to beat? Um, you, David. Is it because I look like a noodle or what? <laughs> you just look like the weaker ones. So. Plus, he's, he's wearing a women's shirt. So that probably this is not a women's shirt. Yeah, that's a woman's shirt. Plus, Josh is more northern than me. So the more north you go, the tougher they tend to get. I've seen Braveheart. I could agree with that. All right, Josh, go ahead and do the next one. <laughs> There's all this talk that a 19-year-old won Olympic gold, but Olympic silver was won also by a 19-year-old you. Does the over-coverage of a thing give you a level of under-the-radar mentality? That's a good question. Um, no, maybe in the US it would, but not so much in the UK. Um, but she's still very much someone in my sights to beat. So that kind of mentality underdog to her but maybe not to everyone else no that's sweet and, and for some more statistics on that too the average age of the um olympic final was 24 and the average age of the podium was 20 and so it's one of those things where everyone's a gamer and everyone's good and everyone's heading into the the best years of their lives in the sport so next question is what is a keely and what is with the tornado emoji as your name on instagram oh um what is a keely well, my name actually means the beautiful one, apparently, mm-hmm. um, in the name of books. And the tornado is kind of like, I don't know, I just like it. It just it screams vibes to me. And I just think like you're going in, just making a bit of a mess, and then come back out. 
that's it really josh what is what is keely remind you of plus people tell me now that when they see the tornado it reminds them of me so i mm. think it's great marketing personally. that's cool it's pretty good so you changed your whole mm. name to that on instagram right yeah like i think in the dm it comes up with like the tornado doesn't it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty good level. I mean, Dave, what would be your emoji? I mean, uh, a tornado, probably. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what it would be. I, would, um, I don't know. I would have to. Uh, maybe, maybe we send that out to people to decide on what our emojis would be, Josh. And this could be a little clickbait fun of like, what would our names be? Keely's the tornado. You would probably be the bear, Josh, and I'd probably be, you know, that king, the guy with the crown. Probably something like that. But we'll open that up to a, a fan submitted emoji, and then we'll see what what's going on there um josh why are you skipping over the fact what is it what does uh keely remind you of well it, it, it i was just saying that like all i can think about is healy's that's all i'm saying like <laughs> if i was ever you know i guess if we're going back to to young days i, I mean, used healy's to brilliant. love them i used healy's to love brilliant. them so if much. you ever want like that was the only way you're getting me into like a like the, <laughs> to go and get the groceries you know i mean i would just rip down the <laughs> The aisles with those Heelys on. So, you know, I've got some good memories of your name. So that's all I can say. <laughs> all right. That so another one. Um, so I wanted to banter on some raw moments in the sport. You see Shalyn Flanagan. She said, fuck yeah, when she won the New York City Marathon. Um, Josh held up a shoe at the end of his last race. Obviously, you know where this question's heading. You said, what the fuck at Tokyo? Like, is that raw emotion needed in the sport? And should that be censored? Um. I don't think it should be censored. I think I've seen quite people said things on Twitter about it and people just sort of like how I didn't realize the camera was there and I was talking to someone in the crowd and I was just like, I just seen the time 55 and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, ideally, if I'd have chosen, probably wouldn't have said it in front of the entire world. But um, no, I think it's good. I think it shows like how much it really means. Yeah. And plus it's, it's funny. It's funny to watch. It's yeah. pretty funny to watch. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I think, Dave, if you want to talk about my shoe thing, it was just, I feel like, you know, when you're racing someone like Angles and who, I don't know why he deleted his Instagram recently, but we were going to bet something about that. But anyway, um, there was all this chat about Nike shoes. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to whip my spike off and just start like holding up like a trophy. And I thought it was good fun. Plus the spike team have been emailing me being like, that was so fun. Because they worked so hard on the spike. And then I just want to show the people that we were wearing the Brooks bikes again. Not that we yeah. weren't before, but yeah. we might uh -huh. have been wearing a different spike beforehand. I feel like the raw moments after a race are some of the, the biggest opportunities to capitalize on whatever it is, marketing or you as an athlete or whatever, because like that race is really important. What you accomplish in that race is really important, but those direct moments after that's also how fans and the community of the sport are going to kind of like view you through their lens of like, Oh, wow. This guy just got second. Like Josh, you, for instance, when you got second at notice, you could have hung your head. You could have been like an absolute tyrant and just been pissed off and everything. But I know you weren't, you're, you still gave like, obviously you're mad, but you weren't like pouting you. Everyone still had eyes on you, right? Like, even though the race ends, everyone still watches you. So when you have these raw moments, I feel like that's what unifies the sport of like, this person's human. This person has raw emotion. This person put everything into this and I, I was at New York when Shalin like said, fuck yeah, like running down New York City Marathon. Like, that's so cool. That's like one of the most rawest shirts that I've seen where it's just like the F word blocked out. And then, you know, it's it's real. And, and everything that we're trying to accomplish is real. I don't think you need to sugarcoat anything. Obviously, we will add beeps over yeah. our audio in this call because we want to keep it. <laughs> but in terms of the rawest moment of the sports, hold up a shoe, say a couple explicits. Um, but yeah. There's I think also, it shows personality as well. Absolutely. Like you can, like, I think in those moments when you kind of just got all this adrenaline, whether it's good or bad, like you've just been through like a really big experience and then just to just do whatever, you don't even know what you're doing. Like I can barely remember it because mm -hmm. there was just so much emotions going on. Like just to showcase that just kind of like shows who you are because you've got, there's more to everyone than just being an athlete. Exactly. And there's more to, to everyone being an athlete and it's kind of a double-edged sword with the whole like speak your mind and be very true because I think from the community standpoint as well. Um, and this is a, this is a, a little bit more serious of a banter question um, to kind of transition out of the previous one. But I think as I'll, I'll advocate for Josh and kind of hear your take on it too, Keely, because Josh leading into Melrose, we got sent a DM from a, a listener that's like yo look at this and it was just this long thread on a toxic message board that was like josh needs to cut weight josh will be lucky if he breaks 405 josh is a big man josh needs to stop drinking beer like 
all these I body sh- start drinking beer that was slightly different but yeah but there's this this whole body shame aspect as well in the sport so it's just like coming into the sport now at a young age like is there any way as an athlete that you can build a narrative around like positivity and just like kind of essentially just say fuck you to those types of people that would like rather focus on things that don't actually matter towards the results yeah and plus I also think a lot of people that say these things don't actually know that much about the sport anyway and I think the ship that this I'm actually this is the first time I've actually heard someone saying it to a guy Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting because usually you see a lot about women's body and positivity and, and all that. But I think we should be at a stage now where there is no ideal fit or weight or race weight or to what creates a good athlete. I try not to look at it too much myself because if you do, then you'd be like, oh, I was in this shape. I was in this weight when I ran this in Tokyo. I need to be there again. But I'm a whole year older. Technically, I'm still sort of transitioning and growing into being a senior athlete. So me in three years, five years time might be different to 19 year old me. So yeah, it is a, a hook you to those people. But um, I think just focus on yourself really, isn't it? And try and block that out. But it's hard to when it's right in front of you and you're being sent it on DM. Yeah, no, it's it's difficult. I mean, even, you know, yesterday or for that post that Brooks did on on the Brooks Beast social media, someone commented being like, Josh has a dad bod. <laughs> right really and, uh, yeah and yesterday I, this happens to me on a daily basis yesterday i was working <laughs> out um and some guy came up to me afterwards and i would run like a four mile tempo and we were out well i was going quite fast and i ran past him and he goes whoa man that was fast and i was like oh thank you and he goes um i didn't think someone your size could run that fast and i was like oh really and he was like yeah that's weird normally it's the string beans and i was like oh you said i'm not a string bean and just like kind of pulling it out of him a little bit he's like oh no but like you know you see all these professional runners and i was like yeah the professional runners is slightly different but you know i think people my size can run that quick and he's like yeah man i feel that i'm like please go away from me right <laughs> But that's what I mean. Like people, like you can send that DM though of people saying he you need to lose weight and blah blah. But you literally ran what three twenty nine is what you ran last year in Tokyo. Yeah. How can they? How can they sit there and say a guy who's run three twenty nine and got a winter medal? Oh, he needs to change that. Why would you change anything when it's, it's just clearly working? Yeah, it's, it's just it, like it's it's difficult. I think I I struggled with it in college a little bit when I was like seventeen, mm. eighteen, nineteen because I like I knew I was slightly overweight to be really good um when I got to college because I'd had a big summer after Hero Juniors and then so I was like you've got to be aware of how your body your own body works like and I have to Mm. you know it's difficult to have real conversations now because you know the people on our team um like our nutritionist I had to like pull them aside one time and be like hey Kyle like you've got to be super harsh on me because I Mm. can't you I can't wade through the bullshit of you having to like tiptoe around telling me that you know I need to do this with my dad I need to do that with my dad because like you're on my side and it's not like I'm mm-hmm. taking any of that as like a as like a dig and I'm not gonna sit around and cry about it but I need to I need to have that tough love sometimes but also when people have no idea what you're doing yeah it makes no sense I don't I don't really understand that that side of things do you have a nutritionist or do you work with with someone with your team at all or no um, yeah, I worked with um, Louise Ball, you know, on BA, um, mm-hmm. because I did myself, like, I think in November, I was going through that, like, I was quite stressed out in November, and um, I went on camp, and my training goes up a little bit on camp, and I think accidentally, I, like, wasn't eating enough to comprehend with the amount of training I was doing, so I, I ended up being quite lean, not on purpose, I wasn't starving myself, or doing anything, but it was the point where like, I was, like, in race shape in November, and it was like, you know, we need to have a conversation, like, turn that around, and and blah, blah blah which I have now I put the weight back on and it was fine but um yeah you are right people sometimes it is a hard topic to have because you don't want someone to take it too sensitively or the wrong way but at the same time you want what's best for yourself and you've got to do that you? yeah yeah well Dave to be honest the banner ball that we've written was not banterous I will say <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know we, we we let we let you off easy especially being 30 minutes to your own phone call um that's just we're not nice guys usually um Killy but you you um escaped escaped some banter from us but usually at the end of every episode uh we let the guest throw back some banter at us if you have anything that um you wanted to get off your chest and before we even do that actually what was the whole jake whiteman he tweeted some about like olympic medalist this night and the night prior you're doing what with steamed milk in a teapot what was that at the look what can you clarify that banter a little bit because that's some like old old banter um 
I remember seeing them. Yeah, no, basically. So in the Olympic Village, there was no microwaves. And I will only have my porridge with milk. I'm not having it water. That's disgusting. So, but, but, um, but there was no microwave, so I couldn't like put the milk in here. So I just put the milk in the kettle. But then Good I did burn. it and everyone was, no, because if you, you have to like time it right. So you have to listen to it and then it starts like frothing. And then when it starts like frothing up, you have to stop it, take it off, like just cool a second. And then you put it in and then you boil the kettle with water again to make sure it's out and then it's fine but everyone thought it was really weird but i thought it was fucking genius to be honest. <laughs> i didn't think that would work fair play you know that's I mean, <laughs> so yeah dave we had like a bunch of they kind of deck out the um the building that we're in with like a bunch of british snacks and like so there was a bunch of porridge and tea and and all biscuits and yeah there was some biscuits in there mate biscuits it was i it was a good laugh i uh it was, it was ideal but yeah that's um that's kind of there was no microwaves i didn't even think about that once there no, wasn't there even was, in the cafeteria nope. or whatever it's called nope tough yeah anyhow we do want to wrap this up for you and for josh's sake um because josh has such a busy life um and i need to get editing everything in this podcast so um for you keely if you have anything that you want to banter back at us now's your time and then if you don't we'll go into naming the episode not dave wearing a woman's shirt i'm not wearing a woman's shirt and if i was josh that's not banter that's just mean woman's shirt it's not a woman's shirt yeah it's not a woman's shirt okay um i don't think i do you know sorry to disappoint but it's it's been fun all right keely and then also at the end of every episode we let the guests name the episode because josh and i aren't creative enough to come up with them on our own um so whenever you're ready uh, we'll do a little countdown and you can just name the episode um so whenever you're ready (laughs) um the uk is just playing better than the u.s all right, no countdown even needed. Boom, done. And that's all she wrote. Um, so, Keely, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciated it. You are my favorite uh, British medalist from Tokyo. So, I appreciate you um, coming on the pod. And Laura Muir fans go home devastated. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a problem. We'll be watching you this weekend. Good luck for that race. And I'm sure we'll see you on the circuit at some point. Yep. And then- well, Dave, thank you very much. With Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivish. Josh Kerr. David Rivish. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivish.